listening to This Ghost Talks Podcast with your host, Chris Given. Welcome to episode number four of This Ghost Talks. I'm your host, Chris Given, and today I'm talking about a subject that I've been interested in my whole life, and that's UFOs and aliens. I find it hard to imagine that anyone who has taken the time to just stare out at the stars at night hasn't also wondered if we are alone in this vast universe, or if it's teeming with life, and if that life is aware of us, and even if they've already visited us. I personally go one step further in in my thinking, like, what if we are the aliens? What if we're not native to this world? What if we were planted here as a colony so many years ago, and we have forgotten our true past? There's a few reasons I think this could be the case. For one, if you take the entire time that life existed here on Earth and represented that as a 24-hour clock, then modern humans have been around since 1159.59. One second. We basically just showed up. The second thing that makes me think that we might not be from Earth originally is that there is one thing about humans that's different from all other forms of life on planet Earth. There are millions of different forms of life here, but the one thing, which is like a smoking gun here, is that humans are the only species of life, both plants and animals, that have a pair of fused chromosomes. This is a very big deal because that doesn't happen in nature. It happens with genetic engineering. That means someone with a vast knowledge of genetics from eons ago altered our species' genetic code. Now, we are still learning about the possibilities of genetics today. So the possibility that we originated from a civilization that had even more advanced knowledge and technology than we have today is very real. This idea was championed by Lloyd Pye, who wrote the books Everything You Know is Wrong, Human Evolution, and Intervention Theory Essentials. You can also look him up on YouTube and find some video presentations he has done on the subject. We have also found evidence of immense nuclear explosions in the distant past of Earth, which show up in the ground geological surveys, eons before humans ever had the knowledge of splitting atoms. Perhaps there was some sort of a nuclear war at some point? If there was some sort of cataclysmic event in our distant past, well, that would go a long way to understanding why we might have forgotten our true history. But we might just forget naturally anyway as civilizations rise and fall. Besides, forgetfulness is a useful tool that the soul uses so that it can experience life again as if for the first time then it's not really a stretch to think, as a whole, we might use forgetfulness to experience civilizations as if the one we're in is the first. Look at it this way. If we currently had the capability to traverse the vastness of space and get to other life-supporting planets, we would do one of two things. We would either take our advanced knowledge and genetically alter the animals of that planet to become more intelligent, or we would plant our species there as a colony. Now, assuming we planted a colony, 
then it goes to reason that the people left on that world might eventually forget through the eons that they were planted there in the first place. Civilizations rise and fall, wars devastate and destroy knowledge, and people would also attempt to control others through the destruction of knowledge and other methods, as evidenced by our history of book burnings. As for genetic engineering, I presume that there might even be alien species whose whole agenda is to do nothing but spread intelligence through the universe. A 3% tweak in DNA is all that is needed to turn a monkey into a human. This would be an easy task for a species with thousands if not millions of years of evolution beyond where we currently are today. But how would they get here? Or we there? Some think aliens can't be here because space is just too vast, and even traveling beyond the speed of light would take way too long to get anywhere. Well, I think this is limited thinking. We think advanced species travel through space, but I think it's more likely that they jump from place to place like in Battlestar Galactica. I think all space is connected, and that they have the capability to tune into a particular space like tuning a radio. It's a frequency thing. It's like Nikola Tesla said, if you wish to understand the universe, think energy, frequency, and vibration. All space is one space. Your soul can move at the speed of thought. It can be in multiple places at once. That's not magic, that's a very real capability of your soul. Then it is likely that we'll be able to use that same technique to get around the vastness of space very quickly. Now whether we jump from point A to point B, or use warp fields, or perhaps they enter an entirely different dimension to get around, one thing is for sure. God wouldn't put a playground like that in place without a means by which to explore it. The vastness just increases the odds that the species has evolved enough to do so peacefully. You know, it's been said that if we are the only intelligent species in the universe, what an incredible waste of space that is. The argument could be made, however, that we as a species only barely qualify as intelligent if you look at our beliefs, our behaviors, and our history. I use the word alien just as a descriptor for life that didn't come from Earth, but remember, we are all one, and that includes all life everywhere. When will they finally land and announce themselves? Likely when we grow up enough to not fear them or attempt to kill them. If you were an alien species looking down at humans, what would you do? What would you think? Would you land on the White House lawn and throw open your doors? We need to stop waiting for aliens to introduce themselves and start asking ourselves why they aren't introducing themselves. Here's a clue. It's because we are a very dangerous species. If you put it into Star Trek terms, we would make the Klingons look like cute little puppies. And our world is run by literal psychopaths. We've got a lot of work to do to clean up our yards enough to make any alien species want to land in them. That doesn't mean they aren't helping us. It's just their help is of the kind that doesn't interfere with our free will and natural development. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Our awakening to unity is the key to open and peaceful relationships with people from other worlds. Do you want to help change the world to one that aliens would be excited to visit openly? Then start by changing yourself. You see, life is a fractal of which you are a part, so when you change yourself, you change the whole. Start by choosing love instead of fear, not every now and then, but all the time. 
Start by releasing beliefs that don't work for you or humanity and start having ideas. Start by realizing and accepting that we are all one. That one truth alone, when fully accepted as a species, will bring about the true golden age of peace. Because when you fully integrate that idea into your daily life, you would not hurt another any more than you would cut your own finger off. You will see others as just another you with flaws and differences and all, and you will love and appreciate the differences because that's the spice of life. But enough about the aliens, let's talk about their spaceships. I have personally seen a UFO on five different occasions. I'll talk about them in a bit, but as incredible as those sightings were, I have to wonder how many of them were alien and how many might be ours. I think we have had access to alien flying saucers since at least the Roswell, New Mexico incident in 1947 when we received a crash UFO and the military did a horrible job of covering it up, including announcing that they had recovered one before quickly redacting it. What also makes me think that we have benefited from alien technologies is quotes from people like Ben Rich, who for 16 years was the director of the Lockheed Skunk Works. He said, we now have the technology to take E.T. home during a presentation. When pressed for more information about his statement, he answered with another question. He asked, well, how does ESP work? The man pressing him about his statement was caught off guard by the return question, and he just blurted out, well, I don't know. I guess all points in space and time are connected. Ben looked him straight in the eye and said, that's exactly how it works. Point being, Ben was involved in the development of technology so advanced we would almost consider them magic today. Another man I'd like to talk about is Dr. Stephen Greer. You can find him on YouTube with a whole host of video talks he's done on the subject and I highly recommend you do. Well, he gave up his medical career to pursue the disclosure of the alien presence here on Earth and the release of sequestered technologies that will help humanity such as free energy, anti-gravity, and healing devices. One of the things he does from time to time is take a group of people out to a remote location and teach them meditative practices to attract the UFOs to them. I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but it gave me the idea to try it in my own backyard. So I stood out there gazing at the stars, and I mentally projected my location outward in hopes I'd attract a sighting. I did this on a few occasions, and on one night I was standing there, and a ball of orange light, quite big, flew directly over my head. It was a ways up, but it looked like it was very large. It moved with no sound at all across the sky, until I heard the roar of jet engines. I saw two jets approaching the object from the left and the right on an intercept course, but the object just kept moving in a straight line too fast for the jets. They fell in line with it from behind, only to watch it disappear ahead of them. This was an awesome sighting for me, but not my favorite. The next sighting I had was also right at my house. My wife and I had just pulled into the driveway and gotten out of the car when I looked up and noticed two white balls of light traveling one behind the other in a perfect straight line. I brought my wife's attention to this and we both watched together as the first object got to the point where it was literally directly above my house. They were a ways up, but if I had to guess, I'd say maybe three to 4,000 feet. 
but to my eye, the balls of light would be the size of, say, an eraser on the end of a pencil. The first UFO, when reaching the point directly above my house, just blinked out and disappeared. I then watched the second UFO track along the exact same path as the first get to the same point above my house and it too just blinked out and disappeared. I was excited to have witnessed this amazing sighting and I asked my wife if she had saw it. She just walked into the house as if she didn't just witness something astounding. Guess this kind of thing doesn't excite everyone. All of my sightings were never reported by the way. I'm not sure how many sightings are reported every year, but I think they are in the thousands. I also think that sightings that go unreported probably dwarf them. If you have had a sighting and would like to report it, just Google the National UFO Reporting Center and it will give you a link to their site where you can give all the details. Now I've given you the details of my best two sightings, but I'll quickly recant the other three that I had. First, I was in my brother-in-law's backyard one day, and I wasn't alone. He was there with my sister, his mother, and myself, and we all saw a broad daylight, classic cigar-shaped UFO fly across the sky with no sound, no wings, just a tube. Second, I was at work one night, and I had just moved a truck out back to park it, and I was walking back into the building when I saw a white light moving fast across the sky, but it was way up there. I said to myself, as if almost trying to mentally communicate with it, come on, do something awesome. And I shit you not, this thing went from traveling in a straight line to going up on a 45 degree angle and shot off into what I could only think was space. Because in about a second, I couldn't even see it anymore. And my last UFO sighting happened at my sister's house. Ironically, we were all sitting around her kitchen table talking about this very subject when my brother-in-law spotted a white light moving through the window. We all piled out onto the deck and watched it move across the sky too fast to be a jet. It flew over the house and we all ran to the front yard to continue to watch it as the house obscured it. It just kept on flying away in a straight path until we couldn't see it anymore. I guess it had business somewhere. Well, I think we're being visited and have been for a very long time, especially since we detonated our first atomic bomb. I think that, to our more advanced alien friends, that was like a red flag. Like, uh-oh, the kids have found the matches. This makes me think of a couple of stories that I've heard about. The first being the Rendlesham Forest incident, where a UFO flew over a missile silo and shut it down. The second being a video of an intercontinental missile test where a UFO flew into the scene, shot what looked like a laser beam at the one side of the missile, then flew up in front of it and shot it again, and then flew to the other side, and upon shooting it a third time, the missile exploded. All this while the missile was traveling at ridiculous speeds. The point they're trying to make is, we aren't going to allow you to use these things. The fact that we have them is a sign of our immaturity as a species. Not only do we have these ridiculous weapons, but our leaders are insane. If aliens were to land today, they wouldn't say, take me to your leader. They would say, keep me the fuck away from your leaders. This is why we need decentralized everything, because it will diminish our reliance on having leaders in the first place. 
In my last episode, I talked about Bitcoin and who might have released it into the world because nobody knows. Well, maybe it was our ET friends nudging us in the right direction. What better way to help us without interfering than to release transformative information on the internet anonymously? Who knows? But they are here to help and to protect us from ourselves. That, I feel, is the truth of it. That's all the time I have today, but I want to thank you for listening, liking, following, and sharing my podcast. God said, I have sent you nothing but angels, and you guys are mine. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I find myself outside on a cloudless night, I always take a moment to watch the sky. Even if I'm just walking from the car into the house, I just stop for a few moments and observe. If you do this all the time, you will witness some UFOs. I promise you. See you next time.